How's it going, my friends? Welcome to the first of my series on John Maxwell's book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. It's funny because I've had this, I've had two copies of this book on my bookshelf, probably because Sean um, has read it so many times. And I have only recently really cracked into it after I was listening to one of my business coaches, Brandon Dawson, talking about it. And so I decided to bust it out. The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell. It is an oldie and a goodie and really a classic. I'm trying to flip through the book right now to figure out when it was copyrighted. It's 1998. So, uh, <laughs> man, I actually it says 1947 as well so i'm not sure if just my copy was in 1998 or if it was actually written in 1947 but in any event um, this book's been around for a while and absolutely worth a look so what i want to do over the next couple of weeks is spend some time briefly going through what the laws of leadership are that john maxwell talks about and kind of giving my my input on it having over 100 employees um currently, which means that I've employed like over 300 people over the course of my four years in business. So I've got a few hard lessons that I've learned along the way. And as I'm reading the laws of leadership from John Maxwell and realizing like these really are irrefutable laws, I didn't realize it, but this has been a great tool for me. um, And I hope that it is well for you. All right, let's jump right in. Today's the very first episode on the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership by John Maxwell. And the very first one is the law of the lid. It's the first one for a good reason. I think that you could even start with like the ground floor of the law, the laws of leadership being that leadership is an inside job. It's not external. It's an internal thing that you are bringing out. It becomes who you are, a piece of who you are, not necessarily what you are. Like I'm not a, I'm not a leader because I simply have CEO, um, as the three little initials after my name on my business card, I'm a leader because I exist. It is part of who I am. The law of the lid is this as your leadership grows. So if you have a line chart and your line chart is growing out, your leadership is going up. It means your effectiveness necessarily also goes up. But if your leadership stops at a certain point, let's say you get to notch one out of five, let's say the top leadership that's possible, the lid on that is a five and you're at a one, that means your effectiveness is also necessarily capped at a one. If you grow your leadership ability to a two, you raise the lid to a two, your effectiveness becomes a two. And at the end of the day, this is something that my marriage counselor has taught me. Um, I love Abby. She's been on the podcast. So if um, you want to listen to Dr. Abby talk about this, I think she's in the one of the first five drops on relationships, but she te- she has encouraged me. And I think as anyone who's someone who's perhaps uh, a person who's recovering from always being right, the need to be right is something that plagues you. I have this as well. Abby frequently asks me, Would you rather be right or would you rather be effective? And this is true in our relationships. It's really true in everything that we do. Do we want to be right and like die on that hill or do we want to be effective? And that's really tied to the law of the lid in the sense of, do you want to grow your leadership and be effective or do you, are you satisfied with the cap that you have on your lid? One of the assessments that I recently did at a 10X bootcamp, it's a program by Grant Cardone that Brandon Dawson led was a three-part assessment related to the law of the lid. And the first question was asking about what your belief is, because all of these things are related to your overall leadership. So 
if leadership were the umbrella, these would be the little, or the, the wheel, these would be the little spokes that make up the wheel of leadership and they are belief, their effectiveness, and they're your influence. So in terms of what do you think that your, your maximum lid on your belief about your leadership ability is? So if you believe that you are, you know, a five out of five, and yet you've only ever led one person. So you've only maybe had one staff member or you have one child or, um, you know, in a volunteer setting, you've only led one or none. I think that perhaps your belief in yourself, this is something that was a hard truth for me, truth be told. So no shame in the game, if this is also your situation, but at the end of the day, if you think that you're a five out of five, and yet you have not led a lot of people, then perhaps your belief lid is overinflated. So we have to have a lot of personal awareness, self-awareness when it comes to assessing ourselves on these, in this assessment, this is like time for us to get really real with ourselves. And a big part of leadership is you may, is recognizing what, when you don't know what you don't know. And it's, it's similar to, I remember hearing uh, one of my former business advisors, Arjun Robbins talking about, you know, at the time his son was like three and a half years old. And he said that it would be foolish for him to believe that he knows how to raise a 12 year old when he's never raised a 12 year old, he could tell you and have confidence. And he has the high belief um, a personal assessment he has a high belief lid on raising, let's say a two-year-old because he's done it. He feels like he succeeded at it. He's got the kid to three and a half and is an outstanding child, et cetera. But he was very self-aware that he did not know anything about raising a 12-year-old. So he would not rate himself high. If I were to talk to him about this, I'm sure he would not rate himself high on the belief lid of raising a 12 year old, because even to this day, his little boy is not 12 years old right now. So he's never done it before. And for me, that's something that's actually really freeing and why it's so important for us to surround ourselves with people who've done what we have not yet, but what we aspire to do. And that can be following them on social media. I love following Alex Hermosi and Layla Hermosi on social media because they're constantly talking about the tried and true things that they've done and they've built and mentored many, many businesses. So it's very encouraging for me to see where they are and know that even through social media, I'm raising my own belief lid because they're informing me perhaps about number one, Hey, Hillary, you don't know this. And number two here, we have walked this path before, so you may not know it, but we've walked it and you can kind of follow in our steps. Here are some tips to follow along the way. So that's your belief lid. I have a really high belief in myself because I know I'm willing to put in the work. I know that I'm committed to doing the thing. And I also know that there's a whole great big world out there of things that I don't know. So my belief is probably around when I did the assessment the other day, it was um, on a scale of one to 10. And most of my scores were a four five and a six. So I believe a lot in myself, but I also know that the sky is the limit. And I actually don't know how much the limit is. Is it infinity that I have to like continue to raise my leadership lid? Probably. So when my my belief lid is set at a four, five, or a six. Let's go next to the other two components. And that's your effectiveness. How effective are you? And for me, this ties so much into being okay with making mistakes and then apologizing. So as a leader, 
every single day. And I talk about leader in this sense of like a business ownership sense, but I really believe that leadership is something, like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, which is just who you are. It is not something that you can separate out. You are born a leader. It's just whether or not you decide to show up and really grow those muscles that make you an effective leader or someone who is going to follow others. So it doesn't matter if this is in a business setting or just in your day-to-day life, how effective are you as a leader? And for me, one of my really big areas of improvement were highlighted for me in terms of my effectiveness, because I found myself making very emotional decisions toward the end of 2022, because my marketing was broken in my business and well, it was not broken. It just wasn't working well. It was very ineffective and my finances, my finance department needed a total overhaul. And I was unaware of that. So that was a really big, I guess the easiest way to describe it would be, yeah, shock, a bomb, whatever you want to call it. You know, it felt like, you know, in Jurassic park, when that guy's like the guy with the glasses is driving and he's trying to get away with the, with the can of, it's not whipped cream, it's shaving cream. And that dinosaur comes up and like splats tar all over his face. Yeah. That's how I felt at the end of 2022. And I started to make very emotional decisions and had conversations with staff members that were not me being an effective leader. They were me being a frustrated, angry, overtired, stretched thin, all the negative things leader, and then showing up to meetings and, and being hostile. And that is not being effective, even if I'm right. And at the end of the day, even if as a leader, you can behave that way because it's justified doesn't mean that you should. I think that that that's a lesson I learned from Paul in the Bible where it's like, you know, you can just because you can, doesn't mean you should just because, and in the, in the biblical context, it was talking about eating unclean meat or something like that, that for me doesn't really apply, but the lesson is still there where just because I can do this doesn't mean I ought to do this because it's a leadership thing. So for me, one of the big moments that grew my effectiveness, even despite failing. So if you feel like, you know what, I failed as a leader, take it from me. I have two, um, and it's really recent and really fresh is I did a redo, you know, I, I proposed a redo and I did a group conversation where we got the same people back in the same meeting and I had to apologize. I didn't have to, I had the great opportunity and the gift to apologize directly to the staff member who I had been out of line with, even if justified, still out of line and out of integrity, because it wasn't effective. You know, when you rub someone's nose in their mistake, it's not effective. And that's what I had done in a prior couple of meetings. And so I got the opportunity to apologize to her in front of the other people who I had scolded her in front of. And on some level, this is like a redo where you're like, you know what? I want to say, I'm sorry. This was out of integrity. This is not a reflection of who I am and who I want to be. And at the, at the end of the day, before that meeting, I had come to an impasse where I didn't like the way I felt about the meeting where I had gotten onto the staff member way, way too hard. I didn't like the way I felt when I got off that meeting. And I thought, you know what? It's justified. I'm right. I am right. And then that little voice in the back of my head said, but was it effective? Are you being effective? So I gift this to you in the sense of, you know, we are all going to make mistakes and it's your recovery. That's probably more important 
than hoping you don't make the mistake. Cause like I made a whole series of them in the last two weeks of December of 2022. And the recovery has been beautiful because now I have, I've earned a lot of trust capital with that particular staff member and the other people who saw me act out of integrity and go back in and recover. So that's our effectiveness where we have the opportunity to, to make a different choice. So when I assessed myself and looked at my effectiveness, I actually rated myself previously on a scale of one to 10 twos, threes, and fours. So I already knew that my effectiveness needed to grow. There was a lid there on my effectiveness that must grow in order for me to grow my company and grow my influence. And speaking of which that's our last, but definitely not uh, least important of the three parts to assessing the law of your leadership lid. And that is influence. So when we think about influence, I don't want to think about social media in the sense of being an influencer. I don't want to think about, um, you know, manipulation, because I think that can also like manipulation is the dark side of influence. But when I want to lend my influence to something, it's because I have credibility. It's because I am, I have a high belief in what it is that I want to talk about. I want to partner and collaborate with people. I think that that's very, very influential. And when you, when you speak belief and you use your effectiveness with someone, are you growing them? And by doing so, you're going to influence them because they're going to be, they're really going to root for team you and be aligned with the thing that you are trying to jointly do together. That's influence. So personally, I rated myself twos, threes, and fours again on influence because I, I think that my area of improvement is going to be, there's a, a sense of pushing hard and just doing it yourself. That's not influence. And I have, I still have that tendency where I will say, if this isn't being done right, give it back to me. I'll do it right. And there's almost this sense of like proving even your own team members wrong by showing that you're right. And over and over and over again, I'm going to get to learn this lesson until I learn it once and for all. And that is as a leader, where is my lid set? Because that is where my effectiveness is set. And I think for me, and perhaps you can relate, you'll have to let me know pretty please with sugar on top to let me know if you can relate to the sense of if your leadership, if you feel like your leadership lid is tied to your need to be right, because the sooner I know I kill my need to be right and my, and instead shift to being, being connected and committed to being effective, my need to be right goes out the window and my leadership lid immediately raises, which means my effectiveness raises, which means everything in my life is going to get easier because I will not be in a forcing it sense. There will be a flow to the things I want to do because I'm not tied to being right. So this, this podcast comes to you off of on the heels of having made mistakes. And so I want to share them with you because too often, I think leadership conversations are about look at what I'm doing right. And today I hope that this gift to you is a little bit of look what I'm doing wrong and look at the recovery because we got to keep showing up. We don't get to quit and start over. We have to keep showing up. And sometimes there's a redo. Let me know what you think about the need to be right in your level of leadership. Is it capping you like it's capping me? And how are you going to work to to let go of that need to be right and instead get committed to being effective. I can't wait to see you next time for the second law of leadership from John Maxwell's 21 laws of leadership. Thank you so much.